Would you like to 10X your productivity and stop feeling so overworked and overwhelmed? Welcome to the Extreme Productivity Podcast with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. Hey friends, how was your week? Me? I'm exhausted. My week has been exhausting. <laughs> but I'm not complaining. I'm just sharing. I kind of hate it when people say that. No, I think you just complained. Anyway, I've been working my butt off. All of us over at LeadX have been working our butts off. We just finally launched the app version available for iPhone and iPad, the app version of LeadX. So if you're already a subscriber to the LeadX platform with Coach Amanda, you should have received an email inviting you to download the app. You get it free just because you're already a subscriber. And I'm telling you this now because maybe our email notification got stuck in a spam filter or whatever. But if you're already a subscriber to LeadX, then you've got a free cool iPhone app. Not only does it have all the stuff from the website and a cool app experience, it's got a new thing called Coach Amanda Teaching Mode, where it's kind of like text messaging your best friend, but your best friend happens to be an executive coach. So a conversational approach to learning about management and training. And hey, big thanks for over a thousand of you who asked a question of Coach Amanda last week, our AI, our IBM Watson powered chatbot. This is exactly the data we needed to collect to make her smarter. So it was about six months ago, <laughs> she was only matching about 10% of the questions people asked. Last week, over a thousand new questions came in and she matched about 55% of them. Alexa is matching around 85%, they say. So we've got a ways to go. But with this new batch of questions, Coach Amanda is going to get a whole lot smarter. And my goal is to get her to match 75% of leadership and management questions by the end of the year. So thanks for your help. And if you still want to ask questions, you haven't done it yet, go to leadx.org forward slash Amanda, A-M-A-N-D-A. Uh, let's see, something that caught my eye this week is that in Harvard Business Review, I think it's their top trending article for the month. It's called Why CEOs Devote So Much Time on Hobbies. And <laughs> they start, apparently the CEO of Goldman Sachs, he's kind of got a side job. He moonlights as a professional DJ. Now, I have no idea if he's any good as a DJ, but it's interesting how many CEOs with, you know, endless schedules, potentially endless schedules, schedule time for hobbies. And the article gets into, you know, why they do it and how they do it. And of course, the researchers are suggesting we all need to prioritize these kind of leisure pursuits. And whether it's as a way to de-stress and unwind, which makes us more resilient at work, whether it's because it expands our network of loose ties, whether it gives us ideas that will help us to innovate back at work, there's a lot of good ideas. And I used to be decent at that. I mean, I don't have a lot of hobbies and I'm spending way too much time single focused on lead X, but we're just in that startup mode. So I hope to get back to some balance soon. And I also hope you listen to Monday's podcast where I interviewed Nina Baltiera. Uh, she created her own one page leadership users manual after reading my article about how I did it. It's a one pager that you know, illustrates her strengths and quirks and best ways to work with her. So go back and listen to that, uh, that interview. She was really great. And hopefully it will inspire you 
to create your own user's manual. Now, if you believe in the two R's of management, managers need to both retain their people, but also get results, then you're gonna like this productivity question I answer from Donna. So Donna wrote in and said, hey, I'm new to real estate. I have a ton of studying, training that I need to get done. I can't seem to get with it when I get home from work. I know real estate is something I've been wanting to do for years, but I can't focus enough to learn the material. Help. Donna, thanks for the question and know that you are not alone. Research is clear that from the morning to the evening, we deplete our willpower. We deplete our ability to make good decisions. We deplete our ability to think clearly and creatively. And a lot of this is just biochemistry. You know, we wake up hopefully fully restored and at least after a cup of coffee, fully alert. But then our stores of glucose, that's just blood sugar in our brain, it burns up just like the gasoline in your car or your iPhone battery. You know, the more you use it, the more it depletes. And if you're doing hard work in the day, just like you're like streaming a bunch of videos or whatever on your iPhone, you're gonna burn up the battery more, use the GPS, you're gonna really burn it up fast. The more taxing your work is in the day, the less you're gonna have available at dinner time or, or later. And I gotta tell you personally, I struggle. I mean, I even when I'm trying to work hard and fast, nighttime comes, if I do get to work, I'm not focused. It'll take me two hours to do what should take me 45 minutes. And back to that willpower thing, boy, if I'm eating corn chips, <laughs> it's gonna be in the evening. Like that's when I just can't resist anymore. I need some stress relief. Willpower is gone. So the easiest solution is to flip it around. If you've got a side hustle, if you've got a goal, something that's important to you, you actually do it first thing rather than last thing. And yes, that means if you're already getting up at six in the morning to take care of your kids, you're now getting up at five in the morning. If you're already getting up at 5.30 in the morning to commute to work, well, now you're getting up at 4.30 in the morning. And there's the books like uh, The Miracle Morning, Hal Elrod, or The 5 a.m. Uh, Miracle. You know, all these books are out there with thousands of testimonials behind them saying, my life changed when I set that alarm early and got out of bed an hour before everyone else did, an hour earlier than I'm used to doing. And a little pro tip, you then also want to set a nighttime alarm because if you're going to bed at 11 and waking up at six, now you want to get up at five, you can't keep going to bed at 11. You need to be going to bed at 10 and it's going to feel weird at first, but you'll readjust you know, fairly quickly. So the best answer is do that stuff first. If for some strange reason, you just absolutely can't do it in the morning, then the way you try to do it at night is hydrate, drink lots of water, do cardio, like even 10 minutes of a walk, fast walk around the block gets the blood pumping. You're not going to want to do it. Force yourself to do it down a bunch of water, eat healthy snacks like a fruit. So there's some, some sugar getting in you that can set you up for some short bursts of productivity. Pomodoro system says set a clock, focus and work for 25 minutes, then pop up for five minutes and drink water and hang out and breathe. Then dive back into work for 25 minutes, then pop up for a five minute break. And that's another way that you can kind of get a little bit more, uh, a little more juice out of your brain. So good luck, Donna. And if you think great leadership starts with self-awareness, you might be interested in this question from Sven, who wrote, everyone seems to use MBTI in business for personality, but I've heard Adam Grant is saying it's invalid. What do you think? Okay, so here's the scoop. So yes, MBTI, DISC, I think those are the two big 
personality assessments, you know, personality profiles that are used in the business community. Adam Grant, best-selling author, psychologist at Wharton, um, has been beating the drum for a while now saying, look, those things are bogus. <laughs> and from the, he's a psychologist and from the standpoint of, of psychologists, he's right. Um, the personality assessment, that's the most validated assessment in the world, the one that's actually used by psychologists, they don't use MBTI and DISC, it's called the five-factor model of personality or the big five. And those five factors are, let me see if I can remember them, uh, openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and uh, negative emotion or neuroticism. And you don't have just an either or in those. It's like, uh, you know, what percent of the population are you above or below? And then each of those five super traits has, I don't know, you know, a dozen traits underneath it. So, I mean, it's a really detailed, complex thing and been correlated to all kinds of behaviors and all that stuff. So gold standard is the big five. That's really what the professionals use. And their critique on say the MBTI or DISC is that it usually comes from a couple angles. One, it's too simple. Like there aren't enough things that you're measuring. The validity on like, uh, there's different forms of validity, but like test retest. Like if I take the MBTI today and then I take it again tomorrow, how likely is it my results change? If it's likely to change, well, that's not so good, right? So it just, you get a different result every day. So there's certain validity arguments that they'll make. But another core one is just that DISC or MBTI tends to make you an either or. So I'm either, um, like my MBTI is an, I'm an INTJ. So high five to all the INTJs out there. I think we're like 2% of the population. So I'm either an I or an E, an introvert or an extrovert. Well, the reality is we're, most people are not introverts or extroverts. Most people are ambiverts. You know, we're in the middle somewhere and you don't really know that unless you see your score. So it's like I can score 51% on that MBTI and be labeled an extrovert. You could score 49% just on the other middle line, other side of the middle line, and you're now an introvert. And yet we're extremely similar in our introversion extroversion profile. So the problem or the attack on MBTI is like, among other things, it's just like, look, we're not binary. And to just put people into these either or buckets is doing them a disservice. So where do I stand on this? So I am a believer in the big five model and at LeadX, uh, we're using IBM Watson technology to give you, uh, you know, our subscribers get a big five assessment that you'd pay hundreds of dollars for just comes part of your subscription. And we use those results to drive the artificial intelligence. And we teach you about your personality using big five. Having said that the big five is complicated. The MBTI and DISC are simple and people remember simple things. They use simple things. So is MBTI a simplification of personality types? Yes, it is but it's much more likely to be used. And so, I mean, look, I would rather somebody use an MBTI than nothing because the most important thing is just being mindful of personality. So if we do the whatever, what, what kind of uh, 80s sitcom character are you personality quiz, at least we're now having a discussion about what is personality, what is my personality? How's that different than your personality? And now that we understand the differences, how might we communicate more effectively? So whatever tool 
or game or whatever gets us in that direction, I applaud, I support. If you want to go into validity and all that other stuff, sure, go to the top, go use big five. We've chosen to do that. But, you know, I think MBTI or disc, it's better, it's better than, than nothing and certainly more actionable. Uh, hot topic. And again, I know I'm going to get some mail on this one because, you know, there's lots of people certified in MBTI and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, Adam Grant and others have been coming at it, uh, kind of hard, but anyway, thanks. That's an interesting question, Sven. And, uh, I think all of our opinions on this issue could change over time as we get more data. Hey, I want to remind everyone on this show that every single day LeadX offers a free video training course. You don't even need to put your email in. Last week we had like how to fire someone the right way, how to develop grit and growth, how to lead for employee engagement, productivity miracles, grammar fundamentals, like all this kind of stuff. Every day it's a different one. And then we pull it off and put a new one up as a, as a taster, as a teaser, get you addicted to cool video training. Um, but just go to the website and check it out. Uh, you know, what's available for, for free no email required, and then let your team members know as well. That's all I got this week. Let me know how you're doing. Kevin at leadx.org, info at leadx.org. I'll get them either way. Remember, leadership isn't a choice. You know that leadership is influence. You're influencing your kids whether you want to or not. You're influencing your spouse whether you want to or not. You're influencing your boss. Yep, you are influencing up whether you want to or not. And of course, you're influencing your peers, your, your direct reports, whether you want to or not. You're just either influencing in the right direction or the wrong direction. How will you lead today? Hey, if you like this podcast, you're going to love the LeadX Academy at leadx.org. If you didn't know, LeadX is actually my company and we have dozens of video-based courses that are designed to help you to achieve your full potential. And I personally teach you courses via video, like how to cure procrastination, how to stop time thieves, how to cut your email inbox traffic in half, how to get to inbox zero with the 4D habit, how to minimize your meeting time, and how to maximize your focus and energy and so much more. And every month we're adding new courses, new webinars, and new resources. You could check it all out, no cost. There's a free trial at leadx.org. Until next week, remember, we all have the same 1,440 minutes a day. Master your minutes to master your life.